Yes, sir. It's that time, it's that time, it's that time. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Let's get it. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Hi. Good evening. I said, JT and Lady Mayberry back. Back on the corner. Back on the corner. Back on the corner. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. We got a good one. Episode 76. Will I win every soul? Nah, but I die trying. Cause I'm sick of my community suffering and mama's crying. I can do wrong things through Christ, which strengthens me. So there's nothing that my God can't change, including me. Yo, I live by his word and nothing else. Cause this word is so sufficient, it can stand on my step. See, the truth will set you free. Set you free. True indeed, cause I'm walking through the valley with the Lord as my lead. Give me a mission to reach to you. Pray I will succeed, and so far my friends been answered Cause I got the tools I need, so I'ma keep on pushing Let them add in my story, if the end is about the Christ I want Jesus to get the glory To my, I got my windows rolled down, riding round to my. I got my windows rolled down. I got my windows rolled down. I got my windows rolled down, riding round to my. I got my windows rolled down, riding round to my. You the one I trust in my life and not show it. I made you the source, not the resource. Exactly, you in my heart so we can be more. Can't do nothing without you. Daily, you on my mind. All my prayers in your name. Keeping you on my line. Lord, if Jesus rescued me, I'm preaching the gospel, setting captives free. Now I'm living my life the way it's supposed to be. Guess what, y'all? Totally set free. Believe me. Hey, that's right. That's right. That's right. 
bad black sheep have you in the pool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three packs full. One for the doubter. Three for the hater. See you later. Black bad black sheep have you in the pool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three packs full. One for the doubter. Two the naysayer. Three for the hater. See you later. This is an in-house production. This is an in-house production. Tune in to The Preacher's Corner. Brought to you by In-House Productions with your host Pastor JT and Lady Fanita. You can listen to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify and Amazon Music. This is an in-house production. This is an in-house production. Hey! We back in the building, we back in the building, we back in the building, man, show. Praying that y'all enjoy the intro. Moments from our New Year's Eve concert, man, we were lit, we were lit. We were lit. Lit. Were we lit? Yeah, we really were. I think we was lady. I think so. That's what they say. That's what they say. Lady. That's what the young folks say. Young folks say lady. And we got a good one. 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 I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Good evening. Welcome, 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 welcome to Preacher's Corner. I am Pastor JT. This is Lady Fanita. Lady Fanita is in the building. She's in the building. She's in the building. With a Cosimo shirt on. Cosimo. Mm-hmm. We rapping, we rapping, we rapping, we rapping, we rapping. True Cut Barbara. Ah. True Cut Barbershop. Shout out to True Cut Barbershop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Address is 110 West Random Mill Road, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, booking info, text. I don't know if you want me to get all that out, but True Cut Established 2020 at gmail.com. That's how. That's how you book to get your haircut mine yes indeed yes indeed listen if by chance you haven't had an opportunity to visit the website is www.thepreacherscorner.net that's again www.thepreacherscorner.net there you'll be able to find all that you need to know about the things that you need to know about the thing that goes down on the corner yeah, I love it, your boy. Hey, maybe how you feeling? Good, I'm good. 26 downloads today, 504 the last 30 days, 2706 all time. That's what's up. 2706 all time. And guess what? Guess what? Uh, episode 4. Episode 4 
is currently at 100 downloads all by his lonesome wow. episode 67 that's relationship gold art oh so it must be pretty good yeah it must be pretty good that man. was good must be pretty good yeah man uh tell us a little bit about uh episode four that's what I was looking for in my notes <laughs> to see what it was about. That was single but not alone. Single but not alone. We talked about us doing more maintenance, healing, and winning in relationships. And that it was okay to be single and to enjoy singlehood, but you don't have to stay there. To date with intention. That was good, a really good, good episode. Good deal, good deal. Aye. That's what's up. That's what's up. Shout out to Pastor Brown in Oakland and Ghost in Milwaukee. That's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're going to pick up where we left off. we still dealing with relationship goals, man. We pray that y'all enjoyed last night. Uh, Decided to stick with Dr. Uh, Stevenson tonight again. We're going to dive into the ministry. But before we get to that, man, we got to practice. I've heard you. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. Fair use done. Fair use done. We got it out the way. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Salute to the Mafia Gang, 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 gang. Go ahead and drop those anchor emojis if you're anchored in the Lord. Say it again for us, baby. <laughs> They're anchored in, in the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Listen, all the preliminaries are out of the way. If this is your first time with us, go ahead like Share and subscribe. Go ahead, like, share, and subscribe. Last night we was at 98. Today we at 96. Look like we're going backwards. But hey, it is what it is, and that's how it's gonna go. Smash the like button, smash the dislike button, whatever you do, smash something. Don't be a hater all your life. Yeah. But listen, about to dive deep. Off into this word if this is your first time. The way that this go on the preacher's corner when we're going to uh, check out some word. We're going to check out some word and we're going to put a little input. Check out some word and give a little input. Check out some word and give a little input. And check out some word and give some more input. How about that? Y'all ready? Drop the ankles if you're ready. Let's roll.
not rated raunchy. It's it's just rated relationship, fellas. You know, so it's okay. And um, this is so important uh, because relationships are kingdom currency. Uh, the way God gets things in and out of lives is by relationship. And uh, we just came out of a season of leadership training and development in our church. And uh, amen. And one of the things that I really harped on was the necessity of understanding human behavior and inhuman development. You would be shocked, or maybe not, at how many leaders, preachers, teachers are over humans and know nothing about human behavior. They know very little about the psychological makeup of people, the emotional makeup of people. They feel like all they need to lead effectively is the scriptures, but they know absolutely nothing about the way God made the human race. And the heart has several longings. I mean, people are born with innate longings, and one of them is for relationship. You were literally created to relate. Um, this is why if you think about the way, uh, if you are a criminal or you get convicted of a crime, punishable by law, um, one of the most harsh prison sentences is one in solitary confinement. And what they do is they arrest you and they lock you away from the general public and what happens is people have a tendency to go crazy why you were not psychologically built to handle life alone it was not meant for you to be that way now in the book of genesis when we read that god said that we always point that to marriage it's not good for man to be alone but god the bible didn't say it's not good for man to not have a spouse it said that it's not good for men to be alone there are people who are ordained to be unmarried now don't bind it because it might not be you. If, you. if you have a desire to be married, then that's not for you. Paul called it a gift. He said that it was a gift that he had. So people who are going to be unmarried, they actually are very content with unmarried life. Um, but he was talking, but God was talking about the way he formed Adam. He formed Adam in such a way that there were certain things about Adam that Adam would not know until he was around people and around people healthily and effectively. So it is a tremendous disservice for you to become Christian, lay your former life down or not, and, and, and pursue deliverance and pursue destiny and potential and not learn the rules of relationship. Um, when you really get saved, if you know what it is to really lay your life down for the Lord, the, the first thing the man touches is your relationship. If, if you have not had to sacrifice your social life, you ain't saved yet. You're not. Because when you really commit to the Lord, even if you don't make immediate changes, you start getting immediately convicted. The baptism of the Holy Ghost starts messing with how you like to spend your time. And so it's a real thing. We, we need to learn friendship, praise God. We need to learn healthy colleague interaction. We even need to learn the appropriate way. I intend to hit this in this series. But how many of you know you also need to learn the necessity and the value of an enemy? There are many of you who don't realize how arrested you are in life because of your unwillingness to make a foe. But you cannot be an effective Christian, I know I'm talking good in here, and not have at least one enemy. Everybody has enemies. Now, even your enemies have enemies. So everybody has enemies. And, and, and the scriptures give us insight about how having adverse 
relational interactions work toward the good of the development of the character of people. And so we have got to go to relationship school. Now, I know that when you hear teachings like this, it's a normal tendency to take the victim role. That's right, because they did that to me. I know what it is to have a hater. They let me go and drop me when I need them the most. They shared my secrets and I can't the people off pony. Lord, help me. But I want you to realize that you were at least 50% of the problem in a messed up relationship. Oh, I'm, it's working today. Listen to me. People ask me, what's the top reason that marriages don't work out? Is it sex? Is it money? Is it kids? And my answer is neither, none of them. I, one of the things that you need to know about marriage is it is the most resilient force on the planet. We have seen marriages recover from everything if the parties were willing. The number one reason why marriages don't work is because one or more parties are unwilling to change. They are unwilling to change. And who is quiet today? I ain't even got to the bad stuff yet. So we need to learn how to do relationships well. We've, if you're honest, we've not always learned to do relationships well. I saw a proverb yesterday in my study for today that talked about how, how, how the poor man's neighbor hates him, but the wealthy has many friends. If you want to see how the soul works, get rich, get successful, become wealthy, and you're going to have friends out the wazoo. I have seen it happen in my own life and people around me. You take one selfie at a World Changers conference with somebody who people think is important. And you got DMs, inboxes. I've been thinking about connecting with you. God highlighted you in my spirit when we was in worship. I've been trying to figure out how to... And the thing is, only thing I did was switch my seat. I've been sitting in the church the whole time. I moved up two seats up and all of a sudden you see significance in who I am as a person. So if we don't have biblical scriptures and biblical concepts for dealing with relationships, a lot of people are going to be hurt and a lot of people are going to hurt. That's principle number one. Principle number two is I am so tired of Christians not getting married. It is irritating me. I feel like Christians, I said that, I feel like Christians should be encouraged to pursue marriage. If you are saved, if you are delivered, if you have money, I think it is immature, uh, at best demonic at worst, for you to spend your life thinking that marriage is a prison sentence and that you're going to lose your freedom once you have to find commitment. Let me tell you what type of schools you've been to. You've been to whoremonger school. You've been to perversion school. You've been to lot. Why? Because the devil has done a masterful job at making Christians afraid of marriage. And the odd thing is, there are Christians who are afraid of the covenant of marriage and then think they're going to be faithful to the Lord. It is the same muscles that keep you faithful to God, that keep you faithful to a spouse. So one of the things I'm going to preach your rockhead self out of is the fear of marriage. I hate that spirit. I can't stand this culturally induced fear of marriage that's got you feeling like settling down is the only thing you do in marriage. How many of you know real love you don't have to fall into? Say something. If, if love make you fall, it ain't love. You rise in love. Y'all don't want to hear that. I'm, love don't make you fall. That's, that's hypnotizing and seduction and witchcraft. So I'm sorry. So we're going to learn all the lanes of love. Amen. You can fall in love. You can fall out of love. So I'm going to walk through a whole bunch of stuff. One of the messages I've worked through for this is called, Lord, teach me how to trust. Um, because by and large, relationship is a gradual exchange of trust and trust levels. Now, so we're starting from the top. We're taking it from the top. And so to do that, we've got to clean the relationship slate. Join me at Deuteronomy 13. I sure will. 
Deuteronomy 13. While you're going there, this is a message I preached when I was in my teenage years. And I'm going to preach it again because it is all the more significant. Experiencing some technical difficulties. Try it one more day. Immediately con- 
messing with how you like to spend your time. And so it's a real thing. We, we need to learn friendship, praise God. We need to learn healthy colleague interaction. We even need to learn the appropriate way. I intend to hit this in this series. But how many of you know you also need to learn the necessity and the value of an enemy? There are many of you who don't realize how arrested you are in life because of your unwillingness to make a foe. But you cannot be an effective Christian. I know I'm talking good in here. And not have at least one enemy. Everybody has enemies. Now, even your enemies have enemies. So everybody has enemies. And, and, and the scriptures give us insight about how having adverse relational interactions work toward the good of the development of the character of people. And so we have got to go to relationship school. Now, I know that when you hear teachings like this, it's a normal tendency to take the victim role. That's right, because they did that to me. I, I know what it is to have a hater. They let me go and drop me when I need them the most. They shared my secrets and I can't say people are phony. I, Lord, help me. But I want you to realize that you were at least 50% of the problem in a messed up relationship. Oh, I'm, it's working today. Listen to me. People ask me, what's the top reason that marriages don't work out? Is it sex? Is it money? Is it kids? And my answer is neither, none of them. I, one of the things that you need to know about marriage is it is the most resilient force on the planet. We have seen marriages recover from everything if the parties were willing. The number one reason why marriages don't work is because one or more parties are unwilling to change. They are unwilling to change. And who is quiet today? I ain't even got to the bad stuff yet. So we need to learn how to do relationships well. We've, if you're honest, we've not always learned to do relationships well. I saw a proverb yesterday in my study for today that talked about how, how, how the poor man's neighbor hates him, but the wealthy has many friends. If you want to see how the soul works, get rich, get successful, become wealthy, and you're going to have friends out the wazoo. I have seen it happen in my own life and people around me. You take one selfie at a World Changers conference with somebody who people think is important. And you got DMs, inboxes. I've been thinking about connecting with you. God highlighted you in my spirit when we was in worship. I've been trying to figure out how to. And the thing is, only thing I did was switch my seat. I've been sitting in the church the whole time. I moved up two seats up and all of a sudden you see significance in who I am as a person. So if we don't have biblical scriptures and biblical concepts for dealing with relationships, a lot of people are going to be hurt and a lot of people are going to hurt. That's principle number one. Principle number two is I am so tired of Christians not getting married. It is irritating me. I feel like Christians, I said that, I feel like Christians should be encouraged to pursue marriage. If you are saved, if you are delivered, if you have money, I think it is immature, uh, at best, demonic at worst, for you to spend your life thinking that marriage is a prison sentence and that you're going to lose your freedom once you have to find commitment. Let me tell you what type of schools you've been to. You've been to whoremonger school. You've been to perversion school. You've been to lot. Why? Because the devil has done a masterful job at making Christians afraid of marriage. And the odd thing is, there are Christians who are afraid of the covenant of marriage and then think they're going to be faithful to the Lord. It is the same 
muscles that keep you faithful to God, that keep you faithful to a spouse. So one of the things I'm going to preach your rockhead self out of is the fear of marriage. I hate that spirit. I can't stand this culturally induced fear of marriage that's got you feeling like settling down is the only thing you do in marriage. How many of you know real love you don't have to fall into? Say something. If, if love make you fall, it ain't love. You rise in love. Y'all don't want to hear that. I'm, love don't make you fall. That's, that's hypnotizing and seduction and witchcraft. So I'm sorry. So we're going to learn all the lanes of love. Amen. You can fall in love. You can fall out of love. So I'm going to walk through a whole bunch of stuff. One of the messages I've worked through for this is called Lord Teach Me. Oh, my goodness. It's already good. I hate that. It's trying to mess up on us. But um, for those of you that are just joining, he's talking about we're still on relationship goals. But this is talking about freedom before friends. Um, one of the things that I love is that uh, he said the way God gets things in and out of our lives is through relationships. The way God gets things in and out of our lives is through relationships. I like that. He says some people were created not to be married. And he used the scripture that we've been hearing over and over in our relationship goals that it's not good for men to be alone. But he pointed out something that was so, I mean, it was so important is that God didn't say it's not good for men to not be married. It said not to be alone. And I think that is awesome, but at the same time, he did say, but Christians do need to be married. That's right. Um, I like when he said, too, that marriage, one of the reasons why marriages don't work is because people are not willing to change. And we know that to be true. Even in our personal lives, it's hard to change or drop old habits. And that's one thing when you get with somebody else. You have to change things about yourself that will interfere in that relationship. But the best part of that is when he said marriage is the most resilient thing on this planet. You can overcome anything in a marriage. But what will be a deal breaker is when people don't want to change. I thought that was very good. Um, and I really love, this was my the best point that he's made since the opening was when he said um you aren't saved yet if your social relationship if you haven't sacrificed your social relationship yet you have you're not saved yet <laughs> he said you're not saved for real if your social relationship has not been uh, tested and i believe that to be true because he said the first thing that happens is you begin to be convicted by what you spend your time doing what you're not doing for god you start to be convicted about going out hanging out with your friends or talking on the phone or on social media you immediately start getting convicted by the things that you're doing with your time that are not spent doing what god have you to do so i thought that was good all right all right let's roll how to trust um because by and large relationship is a gradual exchange of trust and trust levels now so we're starting from the top we're taking it from the top and so to do that we've got to clean the relationship slate join me at deuteronomy 13. i sure will <laughs> join me at deuteronomy 13. while you're going there 
this is a message I preached when I was in my teenage years. And I'm going to preach it again because it is all the more significant. When you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you enter into salvation. When you enter into salvation, that gives the Lord the right to bring you into deliverance. He cannot deliver you if you won't let him save you. So what happens is you say, Lord, I want to make you the Lord of my life. You are in control. Adonai, save me. Uh, uh, I, I acknowledge my sins. I confess my faults. And then that yes invites Jesus Christ to sit on the throne of your heart, and then he frees you. He, he contaminates the evidence against you. Now, if you understand the, judge, the, the justice system, any evidence of your guilt, of your wrongdoing, is inadmissible in the court of law if it's been contaminated with. What happens is Satan enters evidence against you. You are this, you are that, you did that, you were born to this, you saw that, you wanted that. Once you get saved, the lamb sparkles blood on the evidence. And it is now inadmissible in the court of law because it's been contaminated with. He can't see your fingerprints because the blood has smeared it. So when you start to get delivered from where you've been, your social circle is the first to respond. Satan is put at notice immediately. This person has changed their life. And so what happens is you have to relearn the premise for friendship. Before you are saved, you start friendships for all kinds of reasons. You start relationships for all kinds of reasons. But after you get saved, there ought to be other things that justify or become the premise for why you decide to relate to other people. Now, this has to be the beginning point of this discussion because of this. There are two things when you're thinking about relationships, all form, that you must protect at all costs. And the first is your deliverance. Oh, I know I'm right about it. You must protect your deliverance at all costs. You must defend your deliverance at all costs. You are not any good to God if you're not free. So you must protect your deliverance. Write that down. At all costs. You ought not surrender your deliverance for company. You ought not surrender your deliverance for people, for pictures, for celebrations. So when you're thinking about understanding relationship, the first thing that is a priority is my deliverance. Come on. I must protect my deliverance at all costs. Put your hand in your chest. Say, I must protect my deliverance at all costs. That's number one. Number two, you must protect your destiny at all costs. Your destiny. When you think about why you got saved, you have to consider that there was a point and a purpose of God for wooing you, for saving you, and the first is your deliverance and the second is your destiny. So when it comes to relationships, friendships, colleagues, brotherhoods, romantic interests, there are two things you must protect my deliverance and my destiny in the relationship praxis you're going to find that most relationships are either going to reinforce those two things or assault those two things there will be relationships that are highlighted to stand post by your deliverance and by your destiny
a spy, an open door, a snare to those two posts. So all relationships ebbs and flow between those two Ds, my deliverance and my destiny. So what I want you to do is consider this passage of scripture and how this needs to apply and call you into action. You ready for this? Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1. It's quiet today. Oh, it sounds like St. Agnes in here. I ain't even got started yet. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he speak unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord your God proveth you to know, look at this, whether ye love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul. So inevitably, relationship and social interaction is a heart and a soul issue. It is a heart and a soul issue. Very often you attract or repel what's going on in your soul. Verse 4, you will walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. That is what we're protecting. What are we protecting? I'm walking after the Lord. I'm going to fear the Lord. I'm going to keep his commandments. I'm going to obey his voice. I will serve him and I will cleave unto him. A sixfold life policy. These are non-negotiables in the life of every believer. But look at verse 5. And that prophet, that dreamer of dreams, shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt at, what's that, deliverance, right? And redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Now here's where we get to our verse. If your brother, help me Holy Ghost, the son of your mama, I rebuke your mama, <laughs> the son of thy mother or thy son or thy daughter or thy wife all of those are different what you looking at all of those are different classes of relationship or your friend which is as thine own soul entice thee secretly saying let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known you are your fathers namely the gods of the people which are round about you nigh unto you or far off from thee from the one end of the earth or even unto the other end of the earth look at verse 8 thou shalt not consent unto him nor hearken unto him neither shall your eye pity him as soon as you start breaking up with people they're going to manipulate you for having to leave them for your destiny. Look at this. I'm going to make you mad. Neither shall, and I'm going to give you good building blocks next week, but I got to tear the darn thing down today. Neither shalt thou spare him and don't conceal him with your lying tail. Don't hide it. Don't keep it from the public. Don't conceal him. But look at what verse 9 says. 
This is my message, Daddy. But thou, you, not God, not, not the Holy Ghost, not your mentor, your disciple, but thou shall surely kill him. My God. I'm about to wear you out. Look at somebody say, I got murder on my mind. I'm calling you into a season of holy homicide. You have got to get rid of any relationship that reminds you, I'm working in here, that entices you, that shares same bondage, same slavery, same appetites, or same cycles. Bad relationships is the devil's staple to an old season. Now let's do some work. Moses gives us a law. And you know what's interesting about this, Amber? The Ten Commandments say you're not supposed to kill. But when it came to relationships that sparked interests in other gods, Moses made an exception to the law and said, don't spare them, kill them. The next verse says, take a rock. Your hand shall be the first to kill them. He pivoted him in such a way where you must take responsibility for your relational direction. Here is the theological idea of this. Please pay attention. A godly relationship, whether it's a friendship, a, 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 a colleagueship, uh, whatever ship, the idea of any ship is to take you from one place to the next. You are going to notice if it's from God, it will focus you. If it's from hell, it will distract you. And I'm here this morning to talk to you about the weapon of distraction. Relationships are a very easy way to distract your life from what God is doing. That means when God assigns a relationship or opens a relationship, something about the way the relationships are formed are going to bring you into a focus that you've never had. But if it's from the devil, you're going to find up being limited in how disciplined you're going to be. You're going to put off instructions from God. You're going to make time for stuff that have nothing to do with the Lord wants to do in you. So God never arranges for relationships that call you out of the last set of instructions he gave you. That's how you know it is from hell. It's called the camouflage tactic. I can't tell you how many people in here have lost months years, weeks, days, because they didn't respond to a warning about relationships. Your love, Applehead self is in an unnecessary snare because you had a set of social rules that were not biblical. A set of social and cultural definitions that you embraced and you never let the rock of deliverance kill those cravings. I can show you where you are in friendship by how focused you are. Because friendship is supposed to focus you. Believe it or not, even a romantic situation, my God, is supposed to focus you. Like if you go into dating or if you go into courting, whatever you guys call it, and you end up noticing that you're deviating further and further from the Lord, the first thing that's going to go is your devotion. Why? 
because it requires your heart if you so in love you can't pray help me angels if you so in love your little ugly self is hung over Saturday night when you stop going to church I'm talking to your snotty nose self if you start finding out that you're doing more of what you gave up of you're starting to open up more any relationship should progress you not take you back look at somebody say kill it kill it kill it kill it kill it y'all look so uncomfortable it's hilarious tell somebody kill it kill it kill it kill it now you can be an associate we can associate Jesus was accused of being an associate of wine bibbers he went out had a glass of wine and the Jewish priest was like look at him he said he the Messiah and he a friend of tax uh, collectors and 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 and, and publicans because it, it, it's the same today you know if you say you're a Republican at least around anybody black they think you're the devil Jesus <laughs> Jesus they, they accused him of being around publicans and then they said he's a wine bibber He's going places where he shouldn't be associated with them, which shows that Jesus was so resolved in who he was and what he was doing that it didn't matter who he associated with them because he could associate and not necessarily be converted by his associates. So you can't control who your boss hires. You can't control the people you have to relate to positively, but you can control the permission you give a relationship to open up things in your life or to excuse things from your life. I have to associate with you by virtue of what we do, but that does not mean I have to define this and that I have to have expectation for you to be something to in my life. So you got association. Then you've got colleagues, you know, people that you're going to partner with for projects there's a lot when I was in corporate America I couldn't stand none of my colleagues I hated all of their guts but I had to work in a way because they were controlling cantankerous most of them didn't believe in God they was drunks and lewd so I had to hear about how many folk was you know and everything in me had to stop from calling them home records and street walkers and women because they just was governed by sex and sexuality our culture is so sensual I mean it's just filled with it's everywhere it's the only way to advance and I mean it's, it's, it's almost like you got to flirt to make a living and so I was sick of being around that stuff but I didn't remove myself and go change my cubicle so I could go and speak in tongues what did I do I made sure that every door every window every taste bud in me despised that stuff to keep me out of it so I want to just because I know God wants to get the best out of me I've got to do what I need to do to convert these appetites and I've got to hate it enough to stay up out of it here is how you test every relationship and whether it needs to be put to death or not does it bring out a new degree of focus is it so needy that I can't ever find time to make sure that I am devoted wholeheartedly to what God is doing or saying to me like if you got a man or a woman who mandates that you become less spiritual to accommodate who they are I'll get there at 1030 then you are being enticed not by the person but by the thing in them and the devil knows that if something is hosting him okay if he wants to allure you it must attract you it's got to pull you in this scripture says anything that makes you go serve another God kill it Amen. 
because the instrumentation, Freddie, of relationships is to bring things in and out of your life. That means godly relationships are going to free you. Godly relationships are going to show you areas of bondage. In your attempts to love, you're going to find out things about yourself. Godly interactions are going to help you become accountable to your potential. Demonic relationships is going to have you becoming less convicted. Oh, I know I'm right about it. It's going to change your sensitivity to the things of the Spirit. It's going to have you negotiating your value systems and the things that are important to your future and your destiny. Then, if you start to back up, they're going to blame or make you hate your life change. Every since you start doing this, every since you start going there, every since you start hanging on there, then you start acting funny toward me. A godly friendship is going to point you toward the Lord and support you in your progress. A demonic one is going to make you share the attention between them and their needs and y'all's journey and y'all's similarities and y'all's agreement on opinions and it's going to distract you away from the Lord. Now, you got associates, affiliates, colleagues, and you got friends. In that friendship realm, you have to allow yourself to experience friends that focus you. And here's why. Everything that God does around your life will require a new level of focus. So like if God sets you free from a habit, an issue, and you remain distracted at the level of that snare, you will continue to be bound. See, a part of what protects your freedom is your focus. If God sets you free, you've now got to use that freedom opportunity to become more focused than you've ever been. So that means your days ought to look differently, your conversations ought to look differently, your, 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 your responses and your reactions ought to look differently. So you end up finding that a lot of people backslide because they never close the door to their former lives or desires. Many people, while they're learning to trust God, leave the crack in that door open just enough so that if they get stressed, if they get discouraged, if they get confused, they have somebody that is not going to hold them accountable to the truth that is going to transform them. So they don't understand. We got this little thing and a little dynamic we got going on here, and we are both slaves. And in this church, the slaves sometimes are the loudest people around. Gossip the most. Talk the most. But when God is trying to free you on another level, he's going to give you good friends. Oh, bah, 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 bah. He's going to highlight good friends. Now, this is something you're going to have to work at because you'll never lack negative relationship. If you make a decision right now, I'm about to give up Newport shorts in a box. The Lord want me to let loose this out of my life. I'm going to give it up. I'm about to say. Guess what? You're going to immediately find that the friends that are bound by the God of nicotine are going to now miss you. I know what I'm talking about. You don't believe me? Look in your DM. Look in your inboxes. Look in your text messages. Have somebody, it's not, it's not coincidental. Have you ever wondered why right around the second week in December all your old lovers start popping up? Don't get nervous. Where you been? Thinking of you. 
momentum in either direction are the people you choose to be friends with. There is a such thing as willful bondage. That means there are people who are bound because they want to be. There are some people who are bound because a thing is stronger than them. There are other people that are bound because they are unwilling to allow themselves to labor in love. So if you look at your life direction, you should be able to discern what's going on. Deuteronomy 13 is so key for half of you in here because it's showing that you've got to be aware, first of all, of enticement. All enticement is not cleavage, thighs, uh, and a song. Some enticement is, is tea, coffee. <laughs> now, a lot of you, I'm looking at your face. You grieved about your success and where you should be and what you should be doing. But the problem with you is you won't let God have your social life. If I were God and I'm not, I wouldn't be breathing behind a success that's going to take you from me. I wouldn't be granting you a favor that's going to further distract you and make you feel like I'm okay with what you're choosing to do and be and all of that stuff. I wouldn't do it. So that means sometimes, you know, the way deception works is that the first several months, everything goes well. You find a man or a woman on some stupid website or you go to your little dumb class reunion and y'all rekindle the old flame. You're going to feel joy for like the first month. You're like, oh, I ain't never felt this much, you know. Ooh. You get that I'm every woman spirit. You put on them boots. I'm every woman. It's all in you. Changing the color of your lights. Got your little stupid incense burning now. You going to fire conference? No, I ain't got to. I'm tired. Same thing is true with friends. If you get tired of God's requirement for you and you reach back years. See, with me, the oh, I have a phobia. I don't have very many. But when you start talking about going back, like when you anything that reminds me of anything like that, I go off on. It's like a am allergic to the past. I can't stand it. I break out in bumps. I don't care who you is. And what happens is when you start moving forward, here come the past. Hey! Remember me? How you doing? This is a true story, Heggy. My wedding day. The day I walked down the aisle. I had about six women sitting on the very first row. Soon as I walked out, and I didn't know how none of them bald head helpers knew each other. I said that. They got together and was holding hands. So imagine me coming out the room. I look to the right, and here go Mo, Larry, and Curly. My immediate thought was, first of all, how you clowns know each other? But here's the deal. People will gather and develop relationship around demonic things and not discern that we don't really have a relationship. This is a support group for rebellion, for destruction, and we need a tandem strength to disobey the direction of God. Let me talk to you about networking. One day, I'm going to be in government. I'm walking through how this works. I'm going to be in government one day. I know exactly the type.
stuff that's active in government. You got warlocks. You got you got real life mafia stuff. You got people who gamble for positions and seats, sleep with positions and, and if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you got to use what you got. I mean, I understand. If you ain't saved, you got to get favor however you want. So everybody sleeping with everybody, you sprinkling cat bones and stuff to get married, all that stuff. I'm aware, I'm sorry, it's a Cajun in me. Yeah, you get cat bones and pee on it and bury it in the yard and all that witchcraft, I understand. But when you think about government, the principality that governs it is the Antichrist spirit, the Antichrist agenda. I realize the type of pressures that that's going to be to be a tongue-talking, righteous, engaging person, thought leader involved in corruption. So a part of what I know, I'm giving you an example that I'm going to have to do is learn networking without it affecting my nature. What you call networking is not networking because when you are around it, it reminds you of what you think you're missing out on in life. Particularly if you're under 30. I know what I'm talking about. You get around people that's moving, shaking. They on BET top five. And you're like, dang, we graduate together. Dang, we the same age. Dang, this is, if I wasn't so busy fasting, I could probably be over here with you. I know what I'm talking about. And you end up grieving like, man. This is where Deuteronomy 13 starts off, Jono. When your heart says, I'm behind in life. Because of what I see somebody who's in sin achieving. Whether that's money, marriage, career, the Deuteronomy 13 propaganda is alive in you. This is why if you are trying to work on your relationships, and I know I harp on this a lot, one of the first things you got to do is stop scrolling. The Bible says if your eye offending, I'm going to add this, if your thumb offending, break that joker off. Some of you don't know what to do. You just, your whole life is spent here. And what you're doing is social media gives you a ruler for accomplishment, for success, for peace of mind. So you're looking at all of these devils getting married, having babies, a uh, 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 bachelor party, and here you are at the Levitical Order meeting or in evangelism training feeling left out. Ain't got no, I'm just not in the mood today. Now your problem is you're distracted and you don't realize how everything you used to love is calling you back. You may not have uh -oh, what the heathen has, but you have something more powerful than what the heathen has. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. They may get it before you. They may achieve it before you. They may accomplish it before you, but they don't have life insurance that can make sure that the thing they attain does not destroy them. Whenever you do get it, and whenever it does happen, you don't have to worry about the devil stealing it because he didn't give it to you. Focus yourself.
what you got? Well, one of the things that's funny about this big man that he said first was, you are not an effective Christian if you don't have enemies. My God today. And people think you're not supposed to have them. He said, yeah. you are not an effective Christian if you don't have enemies. He said, sure, your enemies got enemies. Well, you know, Bible, Bible says say, an individual that has a lot of friends, everybody like him, is not of God. That's right. Bible. That's Bible. He said he gave uh, biblical. He said biblically principles. Biblically principles are necessary in relationships. You gotta have biblical principles when you are in relationships. Whether it's a friendship, marital, a work relationship, you have to have biblical principles. He said they're necessary. Every Christian um, should have biblical principles. I like that too. Um, that scripture in Deuteronomy is what blew me away though. Good Lord. Say, if your mom, if your son, Whoever it is, distracts you in such a way to take him backwards that you got to cut him off. And then he said, I'm in, uh, what did he say, holy? Uh, what did he say? By what? By being a murderer. He said, I know the Bible say not to murder, but I think he said holy homicide. That's what he said. He called it holy homicide. Because he said he's not going to allow nothing to come and separate him from God. Yeah. I know, dude, 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 dude got a, he got a, he got a different delivery. He still sure talk about poke head a lot. Apple heads, not no. Ooh-wee. I want to look at the scripture that he was reading. 13 chapter? Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. You already got it open. It's the Israel book. Okay, 13 and 1. It's going to read from that side. Yeah, you read back from this Bible. It says, be careful to observe only that which I enjoin upon you, neither add to it or take it away. Is that right? 13 and 1. If there, there appears, appears among you a prophet or a dream, a dreamer, and he gives you a sign or a portrait, saying, let us follow and worship another God whom you have not experienced, even if the sign or portent that he named to you comes true, do not heed the words of that prophet or that dreamer. For Hashem, your God, is testing you to see whether you really love Hashem, your God, with all of your heart and soul. It says it is testing you to see if you love it. It's a, this is the part that got me. It's like, if your brother, your own mother's son, or your son or daughter, or the wife of your bosom, or your closest friend entices you in secret, saying, Come, let us worship other gods, whom neither you nor your fathers have experienced from among the other gods of the people around you, neither either near to you or distant, anywhere from one end of the earth to the other. 
do not assent or give heed to him. Show him no pity or compassion and do not hide him, but take his life. Lord have mercy, he said, but take his life. Let your hand be the first against him to put him to death and the hand of the rest of the people thereafter. It says, stone him. If somebody comes to get you off track and try to entice you in secret, like this is just showing you how important it is, the friends that you have, the people that hang around you, how important it is to have the right people. Because there are going to be people that will come against you who don't have your best interests, who don't believe the way you believe. And that's, that's uh, like one of the uh, nuggets I wrote. A godly relationship is designed to take you from one place to the next. If it's God assigned, it focuses you. If it's not, it will cause you to be distracted. Yes. That's what he was talking about in that enticement. Yes. Anything that, that, that God wants you to do and assign you to do, it brings forth focus. Many people want us to focus on what they have going on to take the focus off of what God has all us to do. Yeah. I get calls all the time, all the time telling, telling me what, what they got, got going, going on when I'm, I'm in the middle of what God has called me to do. do. Right. Like studying, getting get get something prepared for uh, either the podcast or the ministry. But they got to let me know about what Johnny got going on, what what Evelyn doing, and all it, it just to get me distracted off of what when you always busy with this and that. This is what I'm called to do. That's right. That's right. Distraction. This this is a this right here was a nugget to me that this is what's gonna stick with me for the rest of this week. Hopefully, I don't let it go. He said, once you're saved, you have to learn the premise for relationships. The first one, he said, you must protect your deliverance at all costs. He said, if you're not delivered, you are no good to God if you're not delivered. And see, that's, that's what, 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 what once we get saved. They think that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You, you forget the fact that he tells you to build on your most holy faith. That's right. Not just get saved, but build on that. That's right. That's the foundation. The good saved part is that's great. But now you got somewhere else to go. But get delivered out. Yeah. You just came to Christ. Now allow Christ in you so he can build you up. Yes. The second one, he said, you must protect your destiny. And, and I, don't, I don't understand that. That's the hardest part for us. To protect where God wants us to go. We allow everything to come in between where we're predestined to go. Jeremiah 1 and 5. What did he say? Jeremiah, is, are you talking about Jeremiah 29 11? 29 11. I know the thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. say it all the time. 
I know the thoughts that you think towards me, said the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future or an expected end. But we we, we, we cut it off. We, we connect and hook up. I think this would be great that we, we hook. This must be God ordained that we met. And that's a distraction. Yes. We ain't call y'all to do no business together. And call y'all to have no kids together. And call y'all to get married. And call none of that because it's a pit stop to get you off of the hope and the future that he predestined you to get to before you was placed in your mother's womb. That's right. Just because he tall, dark, and handsome, and she short and fluffy. <laughs> will totally distract us from where God wants us to be. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get rid of those things that remind you. He said you got to get rid of things that remind you of old relationships, old right. habits, old habits. Uh, what do you say? Old appetites. That y'all be listening to in movies that remind you what y'all said. Yeah. He said, kill it. He said, even get rid of folks that share the same bondage that you had. Good Lord. Yeah, you can't you can't go back and holler at your, your partners that's still cooking it in and serving it. Especially not if you're not strong enough to pull them yeah, in. The Bible say you one or two things The clients. Yeah, they gonna pull you in, or you gonna pull them in? Do you have enough yeah. strength to pull them in, though? I said willful bondage. He said unwilling to allow themselves to be labored in love. Yeah, that was good. Say so you, so you won't allow, allow God, God to, to let, let him, him have, have your, your social, social life. That social life is something, man. The, 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 the football game and, and everything in between. Yeah. The, 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 the what you call it? Mm-hmm. The strip club. My, my, my. He talked about when God, he said, when God sends or set up relationships, it doesn't distract you or keep you from focusing on what he has for you to do. Any relationship you're in should progress you, not take you backwards. You should never get into a relationship with anybody. I don't care if it's a friendship, if it's a marriage, anything. If you're going backwards, wrong relationship. Right. It, it, you're, you're supposed to enhance you, not take away from you. Yeah. So I always, I always do this little thing of where, where I evaluate the the friendship, the partnership. I evaluate what 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 do I bring to this individual, and what do they bring to me? If it's if it's me bringing everything, then I automatically eliminate. This encounter. Yeah. I, 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 we, we, iron sharpens iron. iron. It, it, it takes another piece of iron to sharpen the other. If, if just, just one doing the sharpening, then you're going to end up dull. And, and the other individual will benefit off of what you bring to the table, opposed to your both benefiting from one another. Right. I don't want to just be dull. I want to be sharp in this way. I want you to be able to pull something into me, opposed to me pouring everything into you. 
Yeah. Have some encouraging words for me. I ain't got to be the one that's always encouraging, always praying for you, always lifting you up, and you don't have nothing in return. Oh man, this is a one. This is a one-sided love affair. Yeah. He said, "Godly relationships will free you." That's when you know that you're not in a godly relationship. Right. When you still stuck or you feel like you're still in bondage. Because he said godly relationships will free you because they'll, they'll allow you to focus on what's necessary. But demonic relationships, it'll take you back. It'll back you up and they'll make you regret your life change. God, that's, that was crazy to me. That's when you know that that's not a good relationship when that person make you feel, make you regret that you got saved. Right, right. Or make you regret that you no longer drink or smoke or go to the club. They make you feel crazy about the changes you've made. He said that's a demonic relationship. He said demonic relationships also brings less conviction, changes your sensitivity to what God wants to do with you. He said, and it also distracts you away from the Lord and make you share your attention between them and God. It makes you have to figure out, okay, well, I was going to go to prayer, prayer meeting today, but I'm not. Let me go over here and spend time with this person. Right, right. We got to be aware and be careful. He said all uh, relationships that entice you is not about legs and thighs and short skirts. He said they're tea, you know, they're, they're meetings where you're drinking tea and, and drinking coffee as well. That, that enemy is crafty. He don't come in the same way all the time. But you have to be aware and have your eyes open. It's, it's a business meeting without your spouse. Right. Hello, so last Yeah, that's crazy, man. Don't talk business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where we going? Go you know, to the, to the, to the, uh, uh, the lunch hour. That look real crazy. Me sitting. With a female talking about marketing and the lunch hour, and one of the church members walking, walking. Right. Set up. That's right. He said, I like this too. And he said, whenever you start moving forward, your past always comes to haunt you. And that's that's crazy. Because especially the individuals that you're in relationships with. Uh, especially family, family members, they love to bring up. Ever since you start doing stuff down there in their church, you change. Are you different? Or you holier than thou now? Or you too busy for us now? You don't want to come kick over here with your partner. I thought we was better than that. I'm like, how can two walk together unless they agree? We no longer have the same interests. We no longer do the same thing. We no longer walk, walk the, the same, same walk. walk so so, so, so I, I, I got to disassociate it's, it's, it's fine, fine to be cold yeah. yeah hey man god bless, god bless you. you good to see good you, to see you. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. i'll be back back don't know about, about your business, business. Because, if because if you sit, you there, sit there too there long they're gonna they either have you mad because they're gonna be trying to be funny i know you say you can't can't you can't drink none of this. I know you wish. I know you wish you could take you up. 
squeak it in. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to entice you, Rebel. And they, they do it purposely. Purpose. Oh, 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 my bad. Yeah. I, I almost passed the pass to the blood. blood. And laughed. My goodness. goodness. Shut, Shut your face. Yes. That enemy craft. He is. And you have to be careful who you choose as friends. Right, right. Relatives. Yes. He said, I'm, "People, you going to the revival again? Y'all just hey, 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 what, what I, I am comparing myself, myself to go right. to heaven. What they do all day long. Just come on, come on. All day long. Praise and worship. All day long. What they Yeah. 106. Don't get a break in that. If I can't take it now, I might as well stop. Right. Now. What you got? You got? Um, I like, I like when, when he was, was talking, talking about, about at his, his wedding, wedding, he was saying how the past comes <laughs> I was trying not to laugh, you made me. When he talked about he came strolling down and there was six uh, ladies sitting there the ball, that he, 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 he said the bald head helps. That's what he said. Yeah, he, he said, said they were sitting down there, there and, and he was trying to figure out how they got together. And y'all, I know this to be true. They're not even but they came associating together because they all that demon came with one goal in mind. He said, people, "Yes, he said people won't even be friends. They won't even have no relationship. But will gather your baby mama and you. All of them gonna be partners just to gang up on you. Because that's an enemy. That's a devil. That's a demon that will cause people to come together to go against you." On purpose. 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 It said people will gather to start a support group for rebellion against you on purpose to distract and to destruct. Just to disobey the direction of God. See, that's a lot of ministries. Just to disobey. I said, oh my God. One rebellion, it just turned into a snowball effect. That demon then gets somebody else who's rebellious and, and you know, that don't mind, that don't like want to follow directions. Yeah. And what he does is he gets somebody else on his bandwagon and there they go. That's so true. You don't even have to be entangled. You don't even have to be in a relationship. But what's in you attracts what's in somebody else. It's like that movie. Is there a watchman in it? Howling, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't think of it. And they didn't, they, they, that, that, that spirit just jumped from, from person to person. Mm-hmm. And it was, and then it went to the cat at the end. Yeah, man. He was alive. Exactly. After all of that, he still lived. That demon know how to, he knew how to live. Know how to survive. Mm-hmm. So, so in so essence, when, when, when it's cast, when it's cast out, out and leave the premises, it, it, it comes back. back. Yeah, he finds another, find body. another way to come, come back. back. Yeah. 
early on in ministry and in this that that leviathan spirit it's returned it's it sticks around yeah it finds its way back especially when you have the name of house of deliverance yeah we see it a lot we see it a lot yeah and it's a torment spirit designed to torment Purposes. Yeah. Disrupt. In any type of ship. Yeah. I love the way that he put it that way because when you think of a ship, you think of something sailing, going into a direction. And that's why he said that it's supposed to be taking you from one place to another. Right. And every time we see in the story in the Bob, you see that when they're either walking. Or on, or on a ship. A ship. Yeah. Oh man, oh, that, man was that was great. Yeah. Great, great, great. Good stuff. Great, great that stuff. was good. Good, good job. Yeah. You know, you know when, when he was, was closing, closing, he talked about not getting focused on what you see on social media. You know, people put whatever they want on social media. They can be whoever they want to be. Right. And it'll cause you, because you're trying to be like the Joneses. People gonna say all day long, I, not me, I'm not, I do me. No. If you're watching social media and you're that person's age or if you've graduated with them and you see them and they're doing something way better than what you're doing, you have a tendency to say, dang, that's where I'm supposed to be. He said that social media is the ruler. It's like the measuring stick for your life right now. Yeah. And, and, and you can't I think like be that. what they're doing, and I should, and I should be married. I should, especially when you're saved and they're not. I should do this. Especially when you're saved, because when you're saved, you're paying your tithes, you're living the way you know God requires you to live. It makes you feel some type of way when you see a person that's, that ain't even living for God, progressing. But what you have to remember is what He said at the end. Before He hollered, you better focus yourself. He said. Stop, Stop looking, looking at, at all, all these, these devils, devils being blessed. Because the one thing you got over them is that you serve a God that's on the inside of you who is greater than everything going around you. And one thing that you have to know is when he give you something unlike the enemy, he ain't going to take it back. You only can have certain things when, you, when you're working and living for the enemy. He's an Indian giver. But God is not an Indian giver. That's why he why said at the end, end focus, focus yourself. Focus yourself. Step back. Start evaluating these friendships that you in. See if they're beneficial. See if it's taken away from who you were supposed to be in God. If they're demanding more of your time than you praying, if they're demanding more time or talking about you or laughing because you're in church, start evaluating these relationships. Right. So you'll know 
where God will have you. It said godly relationships will free you. Free you. And cause you to focus. That's why I put on the on the thing of uh, freedom. Friends before freedom. Yeah. Because we pick our own friends. Right. Before we were free. We picked all of our own friends opposed to God allowing God to place us in friendships. Right. Place us in relationships. Place us in partnerships. Yeah, and you know why when we it's are, God assigned, yeah, it works. Yeah, your focus when it's of the enemy, we're distracted. Yeah, we're off track. He he gave a great uh, example when he opened. He talked about how people throw that scripture around that man should not be alone. He talked about the psychological part part of it when people are incarcerated. And he talked about when men are thrown in solitary confinement, they lose their mind because we were not designed to be alone. So in picking friends prior to um, being free, you pick people according to what you need inside. So if you're not saved, you're not picking God. You're picking according to your needs, your necessities, where you're short, how you feel. You're not picking the right way. So we need to go back to the drawing board. Amen. Check out the comments. See what they got saying. Oh, wait, let me say let me say this. The reason why I said that is because prior to the to us opening, I um looked up the definition to freedom. And he said that and I hadn't looked at that part yet. Freedom is the absence of necessity. Freedom is the absence of necessity. Freedom is also the absence of coercion. Is also the absence of constraint in choice or action. Wow. Freedom is the absence of slavery, and it is the absence of power over another. Hmm. Wow. So when you when you take that title "Friends Before Freedom" into perspective, you understand. Yeah. What we what choices we've made? Right. We we gotta be in a friendship. Got to. Opposed to choosing. Yeah. Freedom. Ooh. Freedom in Christ. Yes, that's deep. The scene said, "Relationship is 50-50. Anything less is no good." That's right. It's no good. Snack 79 says something on the inside is working on the outside. It's hey. good stuff. It's good stuff. Not many comments tonight. No, because it's not popular. Oh, I think I put that one on there. Huh, yeah, it's not popular. This, this is ain't popular preaching. No, it's I mean, not when popular. It's, when, it's, when it's facts, uh, people don't like facts. And then people, I mean, when you talk about deliverance, a lot of people 
kind of shun deliverance because we want to do what we want to do. He talked about that, about the marriage. Most of the time, he said marriage is very resilient. It's one of the most resilient things on this planet. But one thing can come against a marriage, and that is a person that don't want to change. That's not the only thing that it comes against. It'll come against your relationship with God. Because it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be delivered. Salvation is free. It was given. All you have to do is receive it. But to be delivered, you got to do the work. I mean, God is going to do the delivering. But there's some things you got to let go. And you got to make a choice. It's a choice. You have to choose freedom. That's our motto at church. Deliverance is a choice, but you have to choose to break free. So not sign on the outside of the church. You have to choose to break free. So a lot of times people either think they're okay, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not in need of any type of freedom or deliverance. So it's not popular. But we all need some type of deliverance. And freedom from a bond, from some type of bondage. It could be generational. It could, I mean, you know, it could be anything. A stronghold. Trust me. If you step back and start putting a microscope on those friends you got, then you start realizing for the place from which you pick those friends. Right. Because that's not mean? healthy. What did y'all mean? What was y'all doing? Right. When you met, what do y'all have in common? Right. What don't you have in common? Have you ever asked a friend what are they goals or what do they plan to be doing in the next five years? Do friends even ask those type of questions anymore? Or do we only just ask people that we are? trying to be in an intimate relationship with. Well, and the thing about that is, if you think about it, you know, it sounds, you know, you think about it something that you've heard growing up, you have to remember that birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. And if you are in a group uh, of friends who are doing certain things but you're saying that you're not or you're excluded from those actions you only lying to yourself because birds of a feather flock together that's right that's right that's right good stuff where's out of here no shout out tonight huh nah no shout out Man, we thank y'all for joining those that joined us on tonight. Amen. We help. We hope you were helped. I know it's definitely opened my eyes on a lot of relationships. I realized that even if it's a personal relationship, if it is not befitting for my relationship with God, I realized after hearing Deuteronomy 13 that I have to kill it. Regardless. Yeah. So, um, hey, that was Bible. Yeah, that that was ooh, holy homicide. It's <laughs> all. That's a hard pill to swallow, but I mean it's necessary. Cause I don't want nothing to stop me from getting into the kingdom. Nothing. I'm not gonna let nothing and nobody stop me from getting 
to the kingdom of heaven. And I hope that you feel the same. Father God in heaven, Lord, we just thank you, God, for everyone that joined us on our live tonight. God, we ask that you penetrate the hearts of man on tonight, God. Cause us to evaluate, take a step back, and really evaluate our friendships, our connections, um, the relationships that we have incurred over the years. Uh, whether they be of God or of the enemy. Does this relationship progress me or does it take me backwards? Cause us to truly uh, observe what's going on in our lives. God, cause us to let things go that are not of you. Give us the strength even now to let go. We ask that you protect each and every person, God, that is on this live tonight. Now we ask for peace and love and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Final thoughts. I just, this this lesson just, it was heavy to me. Because, you know, no one wants to uh, disconnect but you know like he said last night if you didn't get an opportunity to watch last night's segment please do yourself a favor and go back and check it out it was an awesome word one thing about it he said that when you are elevating it's time to drop people he said the only time you separate from people is when you're elevating and they're stuck in the same place I can't keep going around in circles I'm, I'm so ready. I got somewhere to go. I got something to do. Have you ever went, you in a hurry, and someone called you and said, hey, on your way to such and such, wherever your destination is, can you stop by and get me? And then you're already in a hurry. You're on a timetable, but you stop to pick that person up, and they're not ready. That is the most irritating feeling. And that's how it feels sometimes in ministry when you're trying to go somewhere, and you got to stop to get people who should be ready. That is the most irritating feeling. That we gotta keep stopping and picking people up along the way. We should all be having our minds made up. We should be ready to go the same direction. This is 2022. I think we should be ready to go forward. Full speed ahead. Praise the Lord. Let's get it out of here. Final words. Don't make no excuses. Make it happen. Start now. Get perfect later. Get perfect later. Dream big. Use kind words. Say I love you. Say please and thank you. Be grateful. Help others. Come on. Come on. Be silly. Keep calm. And carry on. That's our time. Salute. See out of here. See y'all Friday night. God bless you. Thank y'all for tuning in.